Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. Uh, The title of my message today is Construction or Destruction? Construction or Destruction? Now, years ago, uh, I worked in a construction company and uh, I started out as a laborer. And uh, it was like just an in-between job. At least that's what it was going to be. And then I just got like supernatural favor. And I went from like starting as a laborer, um, like scraping floors and sweeping to actually God like um, just gave me such favor. I was actually managing the company. And, uh, and it was pretty awesome. So we would do renovations, demolitions. We'd um, build and destroy. And like HGTV really glorifies demos. They are not that awesome. Like there is no theme music. You're not going in like demo day, right? It's, it's, it's just like, oh man, I got to rip out this tile, uh, right? But um, there was a lot of construction, destruction. And when, when new people would come into the company, when, when laborers would come into the company, we'd teach them how to use their tools, right? Um, because this was also a time of when there was massive boom in the economy. So there would be people who just never done construction before. So we'd teach them all the different aspects of how to use their tools. Even something that probably every single person in this room has in your house, we teach them. Everybody most likely has a hammer in their house, right? A hammer to hang pictures or um, I don't know what else you'd use it for. But <laughs> But um, everybody has it. But even something like a hammer, we would show them how to use it, the proper way to use it. Something as simple as a hammer, we would show them how to use it because um, we'd want them to know how to use it because we'd have guys come in and literally, no joke, they'd be like trying to, trying to either build something or destroy it, but they're hammering like this. Something looks wrong here, Right? the projectile to your face. Anyways, so we teach them, you know, how to, how to actually use the tools effectively so that they could build, so that they could effectively construct things or destruct things. Something that even every single person in this room most likely has, we still taught them that because it could be a, a great force of construction or, uh, uh, or destruction. You know, this tool, that's exactly it. Is It can be used for construction, or it can be used for destruction. If you live in a, a wood frame home, I'll tell you this, a hammer was used to build that home, right? A hammer was used to, be, to build that home. Even in 2020, there's still, you're, even though it's all air compressed, there's still guys, you're using your hammer, you still use it. But this same hammer that can be used for construction can also be used as destruction as well, right? Try taking this to the granite in your kitchen, right? Or take this to the, to the drywall to your walls. The very same tool that, is, that could be used to build your house can also tear it down. So it's important when we were doing, um, when we were training our guys how to use their tools because you could either build or destroy with this tool. And there was something even more important is this tool could be used for construction or destruction, um, but also it's so important Uh, how you wield this, how you use it, especially when you're working with someone else. 
when someone else is around you, it's that much more important on how you wield it. So I'm going to call Pastor Chris up. I'm going to get, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, we're going to get for real here. I got my little Bob the Builder um, uh, <laughs> belt right now, not my big one because that would be overkill. Okay, now, so how many of you know if, if this, if I don't know anything about, about n- using a hammer, about nailing in, how many of you know that it's a little scary for Chris? Right? If I just like, I don't know, this is the first time using a hammer, and I just start swinging, how many know how I swing, my ability to use it could either, I could build something or destroy something. I could either build something, if him and I are building, let's call this, what should we call this? Let's call it a uh, double extended massive garage, okay? This is, this is part of it right here. And now, we could build this, or man, if I just decide... I'm just going to go for it. I could really cause some damage, right, on all these digits. But instead, I would hold maybe there, yeah. He does, see, he's, he's like, uh, do you really know, right? So if I'm hammering, right, it's helpful that I'm, I can't just use any force, right? I need to use the right force if we're building something. I can't be just going like this. Why? Because the force that I use will, will, will stop me from building, but it'll also hurt who I'm building it with, right? It'll also hurt who I'm building with. So now maybe, okay, he's got it a bit. I, I, he can maybe sort of trust me, right? So I'm hammering. There we go. I'm nailing it in. Hammer, hammer, nail, nail. I call it hammering with Levi, so that's why I'm deferring to it. Uh, and now I, I'm more comfortable with Chris, right? He's been holding this for longer. We've been building something together, So maybe I just decide I'm just going to get a little sloppy in my hammering, in how I nail this in. So I just decide I'm just going to, well, we've been doing this for a while, so why put any effort into how I do it? So I just decide, you know, I'm just just going to do whatever. He was wounded for our transgressions, not Chris. But... How many of you know, it, I could get comfortable with Chris holding this, and we've been doing this now, we've, we've nailed two things in, we've been building something for a while, and I could get sloppy in how I wield this hammer, and it could hurt him, it could also cause destruction, so instead I need to be purposeful to still pay attention, and then hammer it in, right? And that's it. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Yeah, let's give him a round, yeah. Now... That tool that could, be, that could build something can also cause great destruction. And how many know when we're building something with someone else, we got to, I want to know that the person I'm building with knows how to use their tools, right? How to use their tools because it could cause great pain or we could build something pretty cool together. This tool, this tool, it can strengthen or it can cause pain. It can build or it can really destroy And in our relationships, I believe there is a tool that every single person has in this room. And how we wield it, what force we use, how we know how to use it can either cause to build or to destroy. Cause massive, you actually build something or could cause massive destruction. And this tool that every single person has is this, it's it's communication, It's communication. How we communicate with others, how you communicate with your spouse, 
your friends, your kids, your parents, your co-workers. This will cause either construction or destruction. It will either strengthen or cause pain in your relationships. How we talk, how we respond, how we listen will help either build or know what? It will actually help destroy or, or damage. It'll do some demo in our relationship. Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue can bring death and life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. In other words, your words you speak are powerful. Also, how you speak them are powerful. The same very tool that can build something up can also tear something down. Your words can actually build your relationships with people, but your words can as well tear it down. The very same tongue that you say, hey, uh, you're, you're doing awesome, building someone up can also tear someone down. I believe for God's plan for communication is actually to build each other up. Ephesians 4.29, it says this, and never let uh, ugly or hateful words come from your mouth but instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. God's plan for how we communicate with those that we have relationships with is so that we can actually encourage and build one another up. And we do this by speaking words of grace, speaking words of life, encouraging each other in faith, who God has called them to be, who they are, and really viewing them as God views them. Proverbs 10, 11 says this. It says, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the uh, wicked conceal violent intentions. Another one, it says, the, right, the righteous, righteous uh, person's words, they're a fountain of life. That God has actually made you in right standing, righteous with God. So now your words now can be a fountain of life to those around you. You are righteous because of Jesus. And now your words can be a fountain of life, building people up around you, building the relationships you're in. God's intent and design is for our words to build and to construct and to strengthen our relationships encouraging one another, speaking life over one another. God's design for communication is to help us cause, to cause us to thrive in every area of our relationships. Now let's be real. It's easy to speak words of life when everything's going well. Have you ever found that? Like when you're like, you agree on everything, oh, it's easy to do it. Like if you're like, um, it's just easier when things are going well. When there's no, no conflict it's easier to speak words of life, to be positive, to see the best in them. When, when things are going so well, it's just easier to do that. But how many know it's a little harder when some conflict comes up, when some disagreements come up, when some different point of views come up, it can be a little bit harder to speak words of life. To do what, what that scripture says of like not letting any, any like ungodly or any uh, hurtful words come out. It can be harder. But I believe even in the midst of conflict, when we communicate how God has designed us for us, it will cause a relationship to actually strengthen and to build. Because I, I don't think conflict on its own is a bad thing. I think a lot of conflict just comes up because we're all different. Like, 
You're made in the image of God. God formed you in your mother's womb. You are unique. And you know what? Everybody has a unique upbringing as well. Everybody has a unique experience as well. So that forms different points of view. That forms different personalities. That forms some people like a really tidy house. Some people don't even notice the house, right? It's, it's totally different, different views and everything. I think if, if we were clones, there would be no conflict. But because we're all individuals, there is some conflict. There's some conflict in relationships. I think probably stormtroopers, they never have conflict. They're just clones. But, you know, God has made all of us unique. We have had different experiences, different upbringings. And know what? Quite honestly, I'm thankful that my wife is different than me, right? I'm thankful for that. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. It says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, uh, what? Uh, we are different, and those differences actually uh, are meant to help refine us and to sharpen us into who God has created us to be. And I think it's important, actually, to look at differences and how we can actually turn them into assets of working together for that one goal, that shared goal of pressing forward onto the upward call that God has. You know, just as when someone came in to, our, on, to the company and we taught them how to use tools, taught them the right way, I believe in the Bible... God instructs us how to use the tools of communication to strengthen and build up your relationship so that we're not just going into our relationships and just swinging wild or trying to hammer like this or like this or whatever, but that I believe there's actually a way that God has for us to communicate, that God has for us to go. In the midst of conflict, when things aren't going well, I believe God has a way that will still cause us to build our relationships, to strengthen our relationships instead of causing damage, destruction, and hurting those around. I think the first one, in terms of if you're going, uh, talking about communication in some conflict, in some, you could even say in heated battles, arguments, fight, I think it's this. I, the first one I see in scripture is, uh, is attitude. I think your attitude of how you go into the conversation. How you approach the conversation with a friend, a spouse, a coworker, um, that is, is, is important. Our attitude towards people uh, should be uh, shaped and valued by the value that God has placed on them. That how we go into a, a conversation, we need to see that person with the same value that God has put on them. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And now today that we're actually called sons and daughters of God. We're sons and daughters of the king. Uh, and God has chosen that person that maybe you've got conflict with. He's actually chosen them. He says he's loved them. He sent Jesus for that person. So that person is actually at the value of Jesus. So that person, they're, kings of, uh, they're, they're kids of the king. And that person that we're fighting with or going into a conflict with, that's how much God values them. So looking at making sure that we've got the right value of people when we're talking. You know, no matter what your thoughts are on the, royal, the British royals, I think if 
Will, William and Kate visited, you'd probably talk to them a little bit different. Unless maybe you're Scottish. I don't know. Maureen's going like this. So I don't, and you're not even, you're just adopted Scottish. I don't know. But, you know, how you talk to them would be different. Why? It's because they're, they're grandkids of the queen, right? They're grandkids of the queen. So maybe you would talk to them different. I, the person that I'm having a conflict with, they're actually a son or a daughter of the king of kings, that they are God's kids. So I need to have the attitude of, wow, know what? They actually have great value because of the value that God has placed on them. And I think that shapes how we communicate. That determines the force that we use. Um, your attitude, it's been said, uh, your attitude determines your altitude. And I think this is true with communication in relationships as well. Having an attitude of value and respect for that person that you're talking to. And when it comes to couples, I think, and, and in marriage, I think, have an attitude of love, respect, honor, and, and togetherness. And I, I think that's a choice. I think that's a daily choice that you choose of like, I'm going to choose to have this attitude towards my spouse. You know, showing respect, honor, and value is sometimes the hardest thing to people that are close to us, though, right? Sometimes the hardest thing to when someone that's close to us. Like, you know that, maybe you know of someone who, like, a guy who he saw, like, in, in college, he saw this girl, and he's like, wow, oh my goodness. And he did everything to get and to win over this girl. He, like, you know, he bought all the flowers. He brought all the Bernard Calibos. He did everything. He shaved. Like, he did everything. He, you know, he moved heaven and earth so that he could be with this girl. Heaven and earth, nothing was too great so that he could be with this girl because he valued, he was like, man, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. But then, say 15 years later, that same girl is now his wife and his wife says, would you take up the garbage during a hockey game? And that same before, that guy who would move heaven and earth for this girl, now that girl is saying, hey, do you mind taking up the garbage? It's like, how dare she? I'm watching a game, right? It, because familiarity, I think really, when we're familiar, it's, it can be hard to have the same value, right? Just like, you know, you're careful around your new car, but after a few years, uh, like, let's be like two months, you're like, when you start off, you're like, there is no one eating anything in here. No one. Don't even look at me with McDonald's. And, right? and then a month and a half in, it's like you got the, 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 the cups aren't even on the cup holder. They're like on the ground between someone's leg and you're going over a dirt road. Right? Because you are familiar with it. Um, Mark 6, 4 says this. Jesus said to them, a prophet is treated with honor everywhere except in his own home, among his relatives and in his own house. In other words, familiarity. Uh, when we're familiar, we can start to not value or treat things the same. And I think this is especially true with family because we can become familiar. But we can choose and have a choice when we communicate to not allow familiarity to become sloppy, right? Because I was familiar with, with, with Chris when he's holding the, the, the block and I'm starting to nail. I, you know, I, I, I put two nails in. 
But then on the third one, if I decided, well, you know, we've been doing this for a while. I don't really need to pay as much attention. You know, I could get sloppy in, my, in, in, in how I use my hammer. I could get sloppy in how I use my communication, how I talk. And that could actually hurt those around me, hurt those that I'm actually trying to build something with, build a relationship with. So we have a choice that we can choose that I'm not going to allow familiarity or just being familiar to, to devalue or for me not to show as much value and respect for, for those people. Uh, Ephesians 5.21 says, uh, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're actually called to submit to one another uh, for reverence of Christ. Have an attitude out of love, respect, and honor. And I think that's in every single relationship. I think the second thing I see is this. It's timing. Timing, communication, timing. Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says this. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun. Uh, and then in verse 7, it says, A time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak. You know, there's, uh, in communication, I think there's a right time and a wrong time to bring up an important issue. There's a right time and a wrong time to, to bring up something. When, when there's maybe chaos going around, maybe that's not the best time to bring up that super important topic, right? Or to have a heart to heart. Or like leaving in two minutes to, to work or something, and then you have an important talk right then and there. Uh, so timing. Uh, for me even, something that I found is, so if, if Nat and I are talking and, and maybe we're having a bit more of a heated discussion or something happens, I've found for myself for timing is, I'm not going to address it necessarily right in that moment because I'm like little heated and how I do it is it would be more attacking. So what I do is if it, something hurts me, I just hit pause and later on when things are cooled off, I know I'll come to Nat and say, hey, you know what, this happened? No, that hurt me or whatever. And that opens a dialogue, right? Um, and instead of even saying, you hurt me, I say, I feel, right? It takes out the, the whole um, accusing and accusation, right? Uh, coming from a calmer place, knowing the right time. The other thing that, um, one thing Nat and I are different about is she's a morning person. I'm like a night person. So, with, like, so she'll be, in, she'll be like going to bed and that's the exact time I'll like hop right beside her in bed. I'm like trying to like talk about like everything and she's just trying to go to sleep. Like Josiah just stopped talking. So you need to know when is the right time. If she was to tell me important things in the morning, I will forget them. A hundred percent. She probably did tell me, but I don't remember. I didn't have my coffee yet or my second coffee yet or name my third coffee yet. So knowing the timing, and that's different, I think, in every relationship as well. There's, a, there's I think, the right time to bring things up. So I think the, sec the second thing is timing. I think the third thing in communication is this, is, is listen. And uh, when, when we're listening, to really seek to understand. Because conversation is, is two people talking, not just one, because that's called a, a monologue, not a dialogue, right? So we need to listen. Have you ever been in a conversation, though, and if truth be told, you're just waiting for that person to stop talking so that you can say something, 
And the whole time they're talking, you're thinking about what you're going to say. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I totally have too. Um, I was actually really bad at that, and I've been working at that um, for a couple years. But, um, but I just would wait for a break when I'd be talking with Natalie for her to say her thing, and then I'd spew out what I thought was important about what my day or something that happened. And, and, and so I actually, I was missing what she was entirely trying to say. I think Proverbs 18, 13 says this. The passion says this. Listen before you speak. For to speak before you've heard the facts will bring humiliation. Another translation says, you're a fool if you uh, uh, speak before you listen. I think that's so important, especially when, when, we're in a, when there's a conflict in a relationship, is that we need to actually listen before we speak. Not to get defensive or just blurt it out really quick, but actually listen. John, uh, James 1.19 says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. There was actually a study done, um, and uh, it was a large study, and it's the average listener, so if, it's a, if there's a conversation, the person listening, the average listener will interrupt after 17 seconds. 17 seconds. So you're, it, really the whole time is just waiting to interrupt. Isn't that crazy? I think it's pretty impossible to understand, to make sure that person feels heard in just 17 seconds, right? To really truly understand the whole issue in 17 seconds. When I was, when I was swinging that hammer, with, when Pastor Chris was holding, holding up our little fence post there, how many know that he was really hoping that I would be engaged as well? Because if I wasn't engaged in what I was doing, I could hurt him, right? It's the same thing as with communication. When we're not engaged in communication, I think that's when it can actually cause hurt to those that we're communicating with, that, those that we're talking with, having conversation with. I think when we're, we're having conversation, being engaged, um, just super practical um, to, for engaged listening. You know, eye contact is good. Eye contact. Nodding your head here and there. Yeah, when it's appropriate. Don't be nodding the whole time. Then that's not good. Don't be not, and don't, don't do that either. But, you know, um, not watching TV or like they're talking and then behind is like the TV, right? There's like a sport, like there's sports happening and you're like sort of watching, sort of watching, like doing both, right? Actually giving focus, you know, a, some practical things like affirming words like, yeah, I hear you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not just because you, you're like, okay, I'm just going to throw these words in. But actually listening, active listening, you know, not fiddling with your phone. Maybe even turn off your phone or put it in another room, you know? I <laughs> wasn't a message for anybody here. No, right? No. <laughs> you know, give full attention when you're having those, those talks. And listen to, to understand, not to be understood, right? Um, listen to understand, not be understood. And another just practical thing, I thought this one could be just super practical, is asking a clarifying question at the end of what they said, like, so what I hear you saying is this, 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 and that you feel this, 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 right? That's, that's just a practical way of, hey, I hear what you're saying, I understand it, I can see where you're coming from, right, when you're saying it back to them. I think the fourth thing that I see in scripture is, is this, is speak the truth in love. 
Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Speaking the truth in love. I think in order to having a thriving relationship, whether it's a marriage, a friendship, um, like with your kids, with, with your parents even, I think you need to speak the truth in love. Um, when, when something happens, when someone hurts you, not to hammer them, right? Not to take this hammer and just be, you hurt me, you did this. And that can really hurt them as well. Instead, speak the truth in love. Hey, when you did when, when, you, when you did this, I felt like this. I felt this way. And speaking the truth in love, not being accusatory to them, but saying, hey, and when you did this, I felt, and that actually opens up, I believe, some dialogue in it. Or maybe this, maybe you are a conflict avoider. Like at all cost, you avoid conflict. How's everything? Good. How's it? Oh, good. And you don't want to bring conflict up Ever. You don't want to bring anything up ever. I'm going to tell you something you probably don't want to hear. You too need to speak the truth in love. That just as unhealthy as it is to take your hammer and hit someone with it when they hurt you. I got a good grip, Jay. Don't you worry. Um, it's just as bad if you take this hammer of communication and just leave it. Don't use it at all. Because you're not going to be able to build anything together. You're not going to be... There's not going to be uh, intimacy or realness in that relationship. You need to use the, the communication, speak the truth in love. Not just avoiding, but actually for a healthy, thriving relationship to speak the truth in love. You know, you may be thinking, hey, what about when someone's coming at me? What about when someone's coming at me? Like, they did not come to your message, Josiah, or they didn't even take any notes. They don't even hear anything. What about when they're coming at me, when they're attacking me, when they're like taking their hammer and trying to swing it? What do I do? What am I supposed to do? Well, Proverbs 15:1 says this. Respond gently when you are confronted and you will diffuse rage, uh, the rage of another. Responding with sharp cutting words will only make it worse. Uh, don't you know that being angry can ruin the testimony even of the wisest men? When people are coming at us, as hard as it is, as challenging as it is, as against our nature as it is, we actually need to have a soft answer, a gentle response. Not taking your hammer and then trying to swing them and take them out and having a battle. Who can knock who out first? Right? Instead, to diffuse the situation of speaking a gentle word in love. Speaking it in love. It will diffuse the situation, uh, changing from uh, destructive, I believe, to really constructive. And we do this not on our own ability, but because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that you are able to do it because he has got you. You know, in uh, in, uh, in conflict or needing or in conflict or uh, needing to resolve things, God's word says this in, in conversation, in our communication. Uh, the first one is attitude, one of love, respect, value, and honor. Two is, I think, timing. Know when the time is to speak, when the time is to bring it up. Three, I think, is listen 
and seek to understand. Uh, and then the fourth one is speak the truth in love. You know, God's desire is for you and I to thrive in our relationships, for us to use that tool that every single person has, communication, to actually construct and strengthen our relationships, our relationships with our spouse, our relationships with our friends, our family, even our coworkers, our employers or employees. Even at times when there's conflict, we can wield the tool that God has given us, our words and how we communicate, how God has, has told us to, and that will actually, instead of destruction, it will cause us to build, strengthen, and uh, have a thriving relationship. Would you stand with me? Hey, today, know that God loves you so much that Jesus didn't come to this world to condemn the world. Uh, John 3, 17 says, but he came actually to save the world. So if you're, if you're here and you're here, maybe you're hearing this message and you're feeling like, oh man, like a little condemned or like, hey, I'm not doing all those. Don't, don't at all. God is not condemning you at all. Instead, I believe God is calling you up to a higher way of doing things, his way of doing things, of being able to use the tools of communication so that you can strengthen your relationships that you have. Know that God loves you, that you're not doing this alone. You don't have to respond with a gentle answer alone. That Holy Spirit is empowering you. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in your body. That same power can also help you respond out of love, respond gentle, to, to listen. Sometimes I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me listen, right? But know that you're not doing this alone, that you don't have to do this alone, that you can use your words to build, to strengthen every relationship that you have. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you, God, that you are good. This morning, we, we thank you that you love us so much and that you haven't led us uh, just to figure this out on our own. That you've actually instructed us on how we can use, how we communicate with those that we have relationships with so that it will actually strengthen and build our relationships. That your purpose is that we would thrive in every area of our life. So Father, I thank you that you would help us. Holy Spirit, that you would remind us as we're in communication, as we're talking, as we're, as we're going through conversations with our spouse or our friends or family, that you'd remind us of the attitude that we need to have. That, God, that you would show us the right timing if we need to bring stuff up. That, that you would help us listen and listen and seek to understand. And, Father, I thank you that you give us the courage and the way to speak truth and love to those that we love and those that you've put in our lives. Father, I thank you that you just strengthen today, that you would strengthen marriages. Father, I thank you this morning for restoration in marriages. Father, if there are any, any relationships, God, that need restoration, God, you are in that business. So Father, I thank you that you would just help work in, the, in there, help us walk these things out and that you would work in our relationships to restore, to strengthen. Father, we love you. We love you so much. 
we thank you. God, we put the proper value of the people that are in our lives. We thank you that you have placed them in our lives. That you have said they're worth the price of Jesus. And that you have said that they are your loved ones. So Father, today we say we have that same value for them, for those people in our lives. Father, thank you for helping us thrive in relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us a Sunday soon. For more information about Thrive Church, you can go to our website, thrivecalgary.ca. See you next time.